Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. I'm dude number two, Jeff. And dudes, this episode, we're talking about Cobra Kai, season five, episode nine and ten. But first, Jeff, what else have you been streaming? All right, so I'm going to go a different direction this time. I'm actually right. going to discuss what my wife has been streaming. All right. And apparently, she's been listening to this new upstart podcast called streaming with two dudes <laughs> <laughs> totally unbeknownst to me <laughs> and uh, i mean of course you know she's my biggest fan she supports me in everything i do but i also knew she had zero mm-hmm. zero zero interest in cobra kai i try to get her into it she bailed after the very first episode not her thing so i was a little surprised with this this just happened the other night and uh, I, don't, I don't even know how we got started on it but she said, yeah, I've listened to all of them. And then her very her very next comment was like, so let's talk about Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> she had a thing to say about our, our session. <laughs> so, so, of course, I did what any guy would do in that situation. I was like, baby, it's Parker's fault. It's, I mean, he's the one that's infatuated with her. I have to play along, you know, for the fans and be entertaining. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, I'll, I will say if she watched the show, she would understand, first of all, and she would fall in love with Amanda. So it's really her fault for not getting into Cobra Kai <laughs> because anybody would love Amanda. Amanda is the only one that has a brain the whole entire show. So, so Amanda, if you're listening, stay in your own lane. I'm a happily married <laughs> man. Parker, however, (laughs) single and ready to mingle. (laughs) Speaking of Parker, what is your sick, twisted mind streaming or listening to here lately? I actually watched something today, which is not the the day that you're listening to this, but the day that we're recording this, called Dirty Daddy. Um, It was the Bob Saget tribute, and it was recorded after his death. It was a bunch, you know, it's a bunch of his friends that were comedians and famous and people that I didn't even know that he was close with and they do a tribute and I knew it was going to be funny but there were parts in it that really choked me up by people that I would not expect it Um, I'm not going to tell any of the stories or anything that was shared on it just in case anybody wants to watch it but like it there were people on it that I wasn't expecting like Jim Carrey Chris Rock John Mayer Tim Allen makes an appearance. I mean, and there's just like little videos that are sent in from people that just wanted to say things that couldn't show up in person. And it was just like, it was, it was a mixture of hilarious and touching at the same time. And it was just, just a lot of emotions. And it was really, it was deeper than I expected a tribute to be. And it not just, you know, not just covering Bob Saget, but like it also I don't know, kind of got me into thinking about just life and death in general. So <laughs> that's kind of where my head was at today. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into our number threes, our top threes. I have no idea who went first. So I will let you go first this week. What's your number three, Jeff? I'm going to kind of be broad here and and kind of focus on, because a lot of season five, especially the first half, it was all about more of the adult characters. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Chosen, Johnny, obviously, Mr. Silver, 
and we didn't really see a lot of the students and their development. So we that kind of started to take a trend in the second half of season five. I, I kind of really kind of focused in on the students these last two episodes. And so I'm thinking Sam and Tori, I mean, Eli, Miguel, Robbie, all those. I want to start off with Sam and Tori because we've been talking about this for probably two, three seasons now that we thought that was the next big buildup. This was one of those slow burns that we've talked about where we saw that going that direction that we're waiting for when those two girls bury the hatchet, join forces, and we finally got to see that play out. I like the way they introduced Sam into Tori's world for the first time. Yeah. Now, what I really thought was even better than that was the reason Sam went over there. Her first thing was, hey, this everything you're going with Cobra Kai, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I think in a, before Sam made a decision to go over there, I think it hit her that Tori has nobody. Just because, I mean, season five, she was really stuck in the middle. I mean, she was kind of in Cobra Kai, but she wasn't. And uh, Crease bailed on her. So really, Sam just took that opportunity, a beautiful moment. I'm just here for you to to talk about what you're going through. But by doing that, she kind of got a glimpse into Tori's world as far as kind of her living arrangements and her sick mom. So it was beautiful how that played out. But then when I started to, especially the scene where Sam and Tori meet up with Miguel, Robbie, Dimitri, and Eli. So the four boys are waiting and they see Sam and Tori <laughs> walk yeah. up together. Um I really started to think back into this dynamic. So you look at Dimitri and Eli, relationship destroyed by Cobra Kai. Sam and Miguel initially broke up because of Cobra Kai and the initial impact it was having on Miguel and and his personality. And Sam and Tori, their rivalry was mainly due to Cobra Kai. And of course, Miguel, Robbie and Miguel rivalry over Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do yep. and then and it just goes on and on I mean Robbie and Tori uh, their relationship ended because of Cobra Kai yeah. Miguel and Tori yeah. <laughs> relationship ended because so you see all these kids coming together with a common enemy and then you look back and see the impact it's had on all of their relationships with one another and for others and you finally see them come together so I really like how the students were used here in these last two episodes. Uh, you know, we talked about girl power and the evilness genius of Silver and Crease, but a lot of times it's the kids that have to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And I've got it here in my notes somewhere. I'm trying to see where I wrote it. But there was an interesting comment when Silver, at close to the very end, when he arrives at his dojo mm-hmm. and everybody's there. And he looks kind of towards Daniel and is like, this is your evil plan or whatnot. And then the kids chime in real quick. I think it was Robbie and Sam. It's like, no, this was our plan. This was our doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're the ones that orchestrated this. Uh, So I I really enjoyed the the kids and the students uh, on these last two episodes. And and really, I I love what they did with Devin because I was really, we were both really curious of what was going to happen with her and how that was going to play out. Yeah. I'm so glad that she turned before silver was exposed. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah. you know, like Kenny and all the other ones, 
it was after he got exposed and after the fight yeah. that when they finally kind of relented, but she flipped before that to help um, yeah, Sam and Tori. Against, yeah, she was fighting against Cobra Kai. So uh, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. But yeah, that was that was my number three. Just uh, I just kind of want to shine a light on all the student characters and kind of what they brought for these last two episodes. All right. I'm going to, first of all, I mean, I guess I was just so excited to, to get to start talking about it, but we, we, we're here. We're at the end. We finally made it to the end. Um, and what a wild ride it's been, an exciting right. ride. And it's, you know, I, can, I always tell people that a lot of shows I've watched, and I, I haven't watched near as many as other people, but the ones I have watched, okay. you, you tend to see the first season is usually always great. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like a gradual tell-off. And sometimes it's a steep tell-off. Yeah. But this show, it hasn't let up. I mean, it's like I'm constantly thinking, because like season four, I'm like, wow, that might have been as good as season one. And then like now I'm at season five, I'm like, oh, was season five the best one so far? And it's yeah. just like, they've all been really good. Yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, again, I guess one of those shows where it's like, again, like, it doesn't have to be everybody's cup of tea. I totally understand if it's not. But if you're into like this type of show, it's consistent, if not getting better as it progresses. So very few shows are, are good at that. Like you said, you know, most of them tail off. You know, there's only a few that I can even think of that, you know, that I can say that every season is a good one or you know, maybe better than the last or got better as it went on. And I mean, most of those shows are, you know, serious shows that are serious dramas. And this is a show about sparring, warring dojos. And it's just, it's it's kind of silly that a show like this can be this good, you know? But yeah, I'm with you, man. It's, it's been a wild ride and, and I'm loved every minute of it and glad that we it brought us to this podcast and this is gonna be a great ride so it's just one wild ride after another um and speaking of wild rides like that's a perfect transition into my number three which is a stolen limo <laughs> uh, i'm glad you're talking about this i i, I just want to talk about mine mine's going to be a little bit more specific scenes my three uh because i just didn't know how to talk about you know anything else other than uh you know pointing out specific things because so much happened you know like in these two episodes that it was just hard to really talk about any story arcs without just talking about the whole two episodes and basically talking about everything so uh i'm just gonna my first scene that i'm gonna talk about is uh limo scene and Honestly, when it first got hijacked, I did not, I didn't expect it to be, uh, which I'm going to refer to him as MFB, uh, <laughs> and like I was, I was really surprised that I, that was the theory that I, I was just, after he left out, I was just like, yep, my theory was wrong. I just accepted it, didn't expect it. So I was thoroughly surprised when mr barnes was the driver of the limo uh yes another one i I guess you got right because um although i don't think i was fully wrong 
Um, no, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you naysayed it. I just think that. I just think you. I definitely said I, I didn't see him playing a major role for the rest of the season, and and he did leave for several episodes. But I love the way they brought him in yep. and and used him at the end. But uh, so yeah, they they did bring him back. So I'll give you props for that. Yeah, and he, and he played he played a major role because even though Johnny got his second wind after you know seeing the ultrasound he still wound up getting overtaken and was saved by mike barnes who regained consciousness so i mean he did play i would say uh, he, played, he played a major role i'm just gonna say but parker i didn't expect it i did not expect it i'm not like it was a fleeting. It was a fleeting theory that, like I said, it was the odds were not in my favor on that one. So I just that's the only reason I'm going to be even cocky about it at all is <laughs> of how accurate it was and how I didn't even expect it to be. So all right, I wasn't I, even disappointed when I thought I was wrong about it. That's that's it. So I'm, I'm going to test your memory a little bit since mm-hmm. since you since you brought up that scene. When Mike Barnes comes back into the picture and kind of saves Johnny, what was the first thing Johnny said? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> he looked at Mike Barnes and said, by the way, I did most of this. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny wanted to be sure who got credit. because, <laughs> But, you know, Mike Barnes was sleeping during all of that altercation. Oh, and he, he wanted to be sure, hey, just because you got the last guy doesn't mean I'm not the one responsible for, <laughs> for most of this. So... Not to hijack your thought or your or your number three, yeah, yeah, but talk about, talk about. I'm curious what what did you think was happening? In it? I I I suspected it was silver. I thought silver had something to do with it. I Absolutely. Didn't... I don't know about you. I was suspicious. I don't know why. I don't know what threw me off. But when they first got to that club, and I don't remember his name. Is it Vinny? I'm really bad with the cousin's names. Yeah, it's it's his cousin, the one that's always a, a troublemaker. He walks up to the the limo driver. Yeah. He walks up to the limo limo driver and just says something to him. And I'm just like, yeah, this, this silver is totally going to be involved in this. And then when they leave, but the girls don't go with them and it's just the three guys, I'm like, oh yeah, there's that either silver. I thought either silver had paid that driver off or silver had somebody in there driving so yeah i didn't suspect barnes at all i thought for sure it was uh something silver was doing yeah i was actually scared because I, you know they were all intoxicated so i was just like oh yeah man, you know like they're everybody's gonna they're silver's gonna have the upper hand like this they're locked in a limo like they could literally do anything and i'm thinking like this, we're about to see this go over a cliff. We're about to see this get driven into water. Like, where are we going? Yeah. And then when when it pulled over on the side of the road, for some reason, I got a little bit relieved. And then I saw it was Mike Barnes. I was like, yeah. yes! <laughs> Let's go, baby! But uh, I'm actually a little surprised because Silver made a comment to Kim Young that I'm going to send them a message well before the tournament and it won't be subtle. I'm surprised they didn't have him make that statement before they revealed who the driver of the limo was. Yeah. He made that statement afterwards. So you already, I felt like if, if they had to put that statement before, then that would have really driven the viewers thinking, 
Oh yeah. crap. He he's definitely got one of his guys in that limo and there's no telling what he's gonna do with them. Yeah. Um but yeah, that, that really cool how all that played out. Oh, I guess um I'll go into this. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about that. Um I just really like we covered it. I just wanted to talk about uh how insane it was that because like, it got me like most of the time I don't really, you know. I can kind of see where things go. Which, I mean, I try not to guess too much and play the guessing game outside of like theories. But as I'm watching it and like things are happening, I try not to think about them. Uh, I just let them play out. But that, so that one, man, that one definitely got me for sure. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so, what's your number two? Um, my number two is another scene that I really enjoy. Just the 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 vibe of it was just so tense. The scene where Robbie goes to Cobra Kai and apologizes to the Cobra Kai students for you know not bringing him bringing them with him and just that moment in particular where Silver steps up to him and they're just standing eye to eye and Robbie just does not back down and just stares him, you know, stares him back down. That was just, I just really love that moment for Robbie, man. That was just, so what, know, it was just great. What do you think is, what, what was his purpose? What, or, think, or, or was there a purpose and he was just, almost kind of like taking after his dad you know is that people always talk about his dad like but he's, he's got some balls i'll give him that because i think it's i think he's just doing it for i think he's doing it for everybody but mainly tori and kenny i think he's doing it to show them how much he fears their safety that he would go and stand up in front of silver and the entire dojo you know, and make himself that vulnerable just to put that statement out there. Uh, I think that's exactly what he was doing. I think he was not necessarily, I think he was talking to everybody because, I mean, he was, he did feel responsible for all of them, but he was the closest to Tori and Kenny. And I think that he was specifically hoping to reach out to them. Yeah. I think he also, he also knew that if he could reach out to them, that, that rest would follow yeah but i think in a lot of ways he really endangered tory by doing that but you know he's young so it i don't think it was a well thought out plan i think like you said he was just trying to i think especially with youth you think all right if i just say it this way it'll change their mind but obviously silver proved that he had all them well he didn't have tory but he had the rest of them pretty well brainwashed up to that point exactly one thing, I don't know why it struck me in that scene that you just brought up, but the thought just popped in my head. Maybe it would be a nice little touch, but do you think Robbie will ever take Lawrence as his last name? Because I'm assuming he's got his mom's last name. He does, and I only know that because I was looking up the, the characters the other day, and, and her last name is Keen. But I don't think so because, I mean, his mom, while him and his, him and his mom have a trouble past like they have troubles themselves they also do 
care for each other deeply. So I don't see him, he doesn't have like that troubled of a relationship with his mom to where he would want to change his last name because he doesn't have a reason to change it. So I don't, I don't think so unless some weird scenario where him and his mom got married, which it would never happen, but I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I think to an extent it would be a nice touch, but at the same time, kind of what you said, I think it would be a situation where the mom would have to be okay with it, or maybe it's even her idea. Yeah. Um, obviously, Johnny and Robbie are in a really great place, but this is over the last few months of his life where, like you said, exactly. even though even though his mom's not been the best of a parent, she's at least been there and, mm-hmm. and, and actually in his life. But I don't know. They just hit me. I, I don't know if it's just the way Silver said, Robbie Keen, and I'm just like, I wonder if he would ever take his dad's last name since they've gotten so close and whatnot. I mean, but. yeah, that would be the only. I don't think it, if it was Robbie's idea. I don't. I don't think it would ever be Robbie's idea. I think it would have to be a situation where his mom sees how happy Robbie is with Johnny and how happy John or how you know well Johnny's taking care of everything now. Maybe her signing over papers like adoption papers or like custody papers and being a part of that and him just being like you know just maybe even johnny being like you're a lawrence now you know what i'm saying something like that could happen but i don't think it would be robbie's idea yeah. or johnny i don't even think it would be johnny's idea i think it would have to come from uh robbie's mom i can't remember her first name Lori. I, yeah i just about like you i'm i'm terrible with the names of some of the characters you don't see very much yeah um what's your number two i'm gonna go Towards the ending, actually, my last two will will be towards the ending. But and maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I recently watched this other show called Stranger Things. Maybe others have heard of it. <laughs> a lot of the ending had a Stranger Things feel to me. Really? Because, and I guess what gave me that vibe is there's a time there towards the ending where all the good guys are losing. I mean, Johnny's. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny's getting beat up bad. Robbie's getting hurt bad. Um, it's like all the good guys are losing, and it reminded me of Stranger Things because you remember there was a moment there where, like, all all of them were being defeated, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just sad, dark, and depressing, and and therefore, and then of course you had chosen. You're like, oh my gosh, what's going on with him? Did, um. Did you think they were going to kill anybody off? I thought Chosen was dead. I did think Chosen was dead. Um, Because I honestly, I was afraid somebody was going to die. And that's kind of, I mean, I I kind of, I guess it maybe ever since the fight with Eli, I've just kind of been expecting it. The fight with Kenny and Eli where he dropped to the ground. I've kind of been fearing that because I was like, maybe they're, you know, setting us up for that. So I've been kind of afraid of that. And I was afraid of, I was afraid of the, in the, you know, the same, not the same fight, but the same montage of scenes when Kenny punched Robbie. I thought that was going to be it. I thought that was going to, it was going to, like, Robbie was going to die. And that was going to bring everybody together. And I'm like, and like, just to know that one slow motion scene of Robbie backing up, I saw everybody, you know, being torn up because everybody loved Robbie and that bringing everybody together. And I'm like, no, this makes so much sense that Robbie would be the one to die because 
him and Johnny just got close. Johnny's got a new baby oh, on the way. The baby, the baby could be named Robbie either way. <laughs> like if it's a boy or a girl, it could be named Robbie. And I'm like, Ooh. oh my gosh, this is, I'm like, like all of this like happens like in that second. Like I'm having all these thoughts, and then it shows him, you know, fine later on. I'm like, that's so anticlimactic. Like why'd y'all have to do the slow motion punch? Like, yeah. Oh man. But yeah, it's it gave the the. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it does. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's a does have that vibe where you see every yeah. character except for one, and then I guess I guess uh, Daniel's eleven situation <laughs> shows up and takes down. Yeah, and evil. The other part that kind of made me think of it was, I mean, of course, the Stranger Things. All the different groups were in different areas of the world. Yeah, still oh, fighting the last, the last season. Yeah, yeah, and and even there towards the end, uh, when you had Hopper and Joyce, and they're fighting, you know, in Russia, and you're like, well, what's this got to do? But you saw the role that that played, and how it helped the kids back home. Yeah, and in the same way, you've got Johnny chosen and Mike Bards storming Silver's place, you know, highly intoxicated, and I'm like. How is this part of the big play? And how, how oh, this is a horrible idea, but the way it played out, it was very important that they kept Silver and all his guys busy because it gave the kids and Eli and Dimitri and all them the time they needed to do what they needed to do by exposing Silver and so, vice versa. The kids showing up at the dojo also helped, you know, them because some of them went to hard started going to the dojo to go take care of that. Yeah, so it, it just gave me a lot of Stranger Things vibes there, and that's like, that's a very big compliment. See, so yeah, I just I don't maybe it's because I'd watched it recently, um, but you know we were talking about if someone was going to get killed off. I thought it was possible, but there was still a part of me that where I'm like, I don't think this show is. I'm trying to choose my words when I say it's not at that level. I don't mean like not at a level of quality to where they can kill somebody off. It's just they've got that good mixture of humor and not taking themselves seriously. I'm like, it's killing somebody off a little too much. Yeah. It's like a fantasy world where like violence isn't real. So it's like, like it's like where, you know, when we've seen somebody that should have been paralyzed, basically go on to, you know, recover and not only walk, but perform karate and be able to still hold his own against. Yeah. Fully healthy people. And I think I heard, Somebody asked the writers that question. This is, you know, after season five is already done and aired. And they said it was on the table. I'm trying. I can't remember now exactly what how they quoted it, but something to the fact, we're not sure if if we had earned the right to kill a character off. Yeah. Um, if anything, I definitely pictured Crease being killed off because I thought that might be a suitable ending for his character, especially when at the time you thought and i don't know if we'll discuss this later in, in any of your points but we thought maybe he had gained some ground just with with his own demons uh with how emotional he got about you know in his counseling talking especially about johnny of course we find out later that that appeared to all be part of a ploy and part of his plan but um, I mean, I'll, be, I'll be i'll be frank with you creases crease is my number one okay just just because but i mean if you want to go ahead and keep we don't have to go too far into it because we can cover it later. 
but if it's not like a big part of the point, but I'll I'll keep it at that. I was just basically saying that I was doubtful of anybody being killed off, but yeah. Crease was the only one I thought that would might even have a chance of being killed off. Yeah, it made sense. Um, so I'll go ahead and jump into I guess my number one, and then you'll do your number one. You know, I told you it gave me some Stranger Thing vibes, but then like the very very ending was like classic 80s action movie ending mm-hmm. where you've got like all of them outside of where the the big finale happened um, it's dark you got all the main characters especially the love interests all coming together and yeah. you've got the sirens and the lights in the background <laughs> yep. you got the certain music but what really hit me is somebody dropped the big l word yeah. and i'm not i'm not talking about lackadaisically <laughs> that's not the word not lubrication that's nope. not the word <laughs> lovableness nah it's a four-letter love word no it's not lick <laughs> it's not lacy it's not lava <laughs> whoa i'm gonna use a little help to, to tell you what the word is i'm not sure if this will if the sound will come through good but <laughs> I think you, I think you have enough that we won't get uh, copywritten. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Oops. Well, the word, <laughs> Beavis, it's it's love. The word is love. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Miguel dropped the big word. You know, I guess that's what you do when you love somebody. <laughs> and it's like, wow, he dropped it. I'm like. So, such a cool ending as, as far as their relationship. Um, of course, it's been about karate, but they fixed in a lot of the relationships, which was fun to watch. And it made me personally think back because that's such a big moment in most people's life is when it was the first time you used the L word and what was the moment like? So I started thinking back and I was so disappointed in myself. I didn't feel as bad when I asked Steph. And she's like, yeah, I don't remember who said it first or the moment or anything. (laughs) So I was like, well, so I was like, well, I'm going to check with my daughter-in-law because they're more recently married. Their their relationship is pretty new. It's like, I want to hear somebody's real life story. You know, she kept receipts, Parker. She kept receipts. (laughs) She had like posts, pictures, the whole bit. So and I'll be short with it. Uh, she said, yeah, she remembers it. Her and, and Will were were at uh, Will's grandparents' house. And uh, she was sitting on the couch. And Will was, like, working on changing the oil in the car. He came in, and she's like, hey, I've, I've got something I need to tell you. And he's like, oh, yeah? And then she says, you know, I love you. And he's like, well, I, I love you, too. But I really need to get back to changing the oil in the car. <laughs> So romantic. <laughs> and she even took a picture of him and his papa under the car messing with the oil. And, That's awesome. And she actually said this was only like three weeks into their relationship. Oh, wow. And, but she said she knew after like either the first or the second night. Um, yeah. and, and you hear those stories. That's that's not the way my story played out. But you hear some people's story was like, <laughs> they knew. And, and it ended up coming to fruition. But but no, it was cool to hear her story. She said, yeah, I mean, she she was nervous, obviously, but she'd already known it, you know, for, I guess, several days, even though she said it going into three weeks. But it's but a, yeah, it's a, it's a great story. But yeah, I just love it. Just gave me that massive 80s action movie ending the way it all played out. And then it's like everything. And I almost forgot 
Parker, mm-hmm. I got my bro hug. Yeah. Remember I told you? You did. I was like, nah, we didn't get it between Johnny and Miguel, but they've been, the relationship is solid. So maybe that they haven't shown it, but they've, they've been, they've been tight, but yeah, you know, it was the classic bro hug, you know, what the, the hand thing. And then you just kind of bump shoulders, but still (laughs) we got a bro hug between Johnny and Daniel. So we did Uh, get it. We got Johnny and Miguel. We got that one um, earlier in the season in, in Mexico. Did I say Johnny? I meant Robbie and Miguel. Oh, gotcha. gotcha My gotcha. bad. So yeah, Johnny and Daniel, and then I was wanting a bro hug with uh, Robbie and Miguel. So, gotcha. but like I said, they they showed a ton of camaraderie throughout season five. So that they'll do. Maybe you'll get one in season six. I'm I'm banking on it, but we'll see. So I'm really curious to hear your number one. My number one. I mean, I've already given a preview, so. It's Crease and basically just his whole his whole thing. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, he we see him actually open up to the therapist, but which I thought was being genuine. And then we find out he was just manipulating her and using that story to bring her closer to steal his steal her badge so that he can use that to escape. Ah, crease, crease, on, crease. <laughs> I I you did you so I'm guessing you thought he was dead. You know, I did. When the scene first played out, I don't know. It just came off very odd to me. The the way it played out with the guy that stabbed him and something didn't add up. Something didn't seem right. But there was the other side of me where it's like, you know what? That's that's probably a good way for him to go. Yeah. Because I'm about like you. I thought what happened with the therapist was genuine. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he was tearing up. And, and me and you talked about him a lot saying, ah, I don't we we struggle with the idea of him being portrayed as a hero in any way because there's just Mm -hmm. too much going on there's there's too much evil and complexity but we thought you know maybe there's something he offers up and he did help johnny and daniel out a little bit obviously thought he was getting something in return but right this increase way isn't so honestly so much had happened before that scene that i kind of struggled i was like Something didn't seem right, but hey, maybe that's probably a good way for him to go. And then I forgot about him. I completely forgot about him when the the scene went to dealing with everything else that was going on. But I don't know if you caught this. I actually wrote it in my notes. Well before that scene. Well, I mean, when he when he was laying there in the cafeteria and they were checking his pulse, he looked dead. Like he didn't he didn't have color in his face. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, yeah, like I was just like like you said, I thought that that was just the way for basically to for the writers and the show itself to just say crease is done yeah and i don't so know was, if you noticed this on the second or third watch through but this was well before he had that what we thought was a special moment with the therapist i want to say it was right after he called up to her to talk to her about the recommendation that didn't go in his favor mm-hmm. And as she's walking out, the camera zooms in from his perspective when she uses her badge to get out the door. Yeah. So, so they kind of throw you a hint mm-hmm. that he's viewing that as an opportunity. And sure enough, he uses that whole spiel to get her badge. I yeah. didn't catch that the first time, but the second time yeah. I'm like, wait a second. He's mm-hmm. something's up with that badge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're just, I mean, yeah. I mean, like it didn't stick out. I didn't think, I wasn't thinking of that in the moment of him getting stabbed, you know? Yeah. 
And I wasn't thinking of the Jello. I mean, the Jello should have. I mean, that could have been pretty obvious as well because I mean they made a big deal about Red Jello this whole season. Yeah, you know, and so it's like <laughs> it should have been obvious, but everything else. I mean, like the only other side, it made sense. Johnny was the only thing that he claimed. He he kept claiming that you know he cared about, and that was what he always claimed. And so if that would have been the moment for him to actually have broken would have been what hearing what Johnny had to say and what Johnny had said to him, you know, when they came and saw him. When, but when they when they rolled him into the morgue, I knew. I knew that he was still alive. Yeah. Not a doubt in my mind because I was just like, there's no sense in us even needing to see this unless something big's about to happen. I was just yeah. like, oh, and I, I knew it. And then the, mort- the mortician kept going into like, or I guess the coroner was like going into the, uh, just kind of like inspecting the blood. And I was just like, you're about to go down, man. You're about to go down. Just knew it was going to happen. But um, yeah, he escaped, man. He got out. <laughs> totally, which, which was your theory. Congratulations, man. I, well, I, will, I will give you props. I know that was one of your kind of wild theories that you kind of threw out there. And you got it right, man. So wow, that I'm one glad, is you. Congratulations. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out because I totally forgot. That <laughs> I didn't realize that was one of my theories. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily labeled it as a theory, but you brought up the possibility. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I've, you know, I had to edit, I have to edit these and I'm pretty sure I remember having you having a conversation or us having a conversation and you asking me like, now do you think he's going to get out of prison or escape or any something like that? And I was like, well, no, like, I think he's done. Like, why would he? And then, which we have some predictions about season six later, and we can we'll obviously get into that. But yeah, he's going to be very heavily involved. And yeah, so what is who? What's your honorable mention? And I apologize if I'm stealing anything from what you might be saying over these next two points. But my honorable mention goes to Stingray. Sting freaking Ray. I mean, we've talked about it before. He's not in a lot of scenes, and he doesn't have a a lot of impact man when he shows up (laughs) i'll put it this way he's the character that makes the most with his time than anybody else Mm -hmm. and when he first i'll I'll even backtrack a little bit like towards the, the the earlier part of these two episodes i guess it was like sam miguel and all of them went to approach him to get him to confess that it wasn't crease and that silver was behind it as far as uh, the assault man i don't know about you but i really felt for the guy yeah and 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 we've talked about him a good bit that the situation he was in of of just wanting to fit in be a part be a part of something bigger than himself Uh, you know he's kind of portrayed as basically a loser he's probably 30 and whatever but but man he talks about you know wanting to be a proud and noble noble warrior Mm-hmm. but he's neither proud nor noble and definitely not a warrior. He's just yeah. scared. And I, I will say I was so disappointed in Sam's reaction, yeah. which granted it, that it didn't go her way. And, and she's often portrayed as kind of like a bratty little rich kid. I get it. But I was like, I felt for the dude. And I'm like, dude, I totally get it. I mean, he, he's in a, he's in a tough spot, but man, when he pulls up, <laughs> in his Cobra Kai vehicle and uh to, to pick up Daniel and and then he kind of gives his little speech to Daniel on the way out there and then Daniel's like well I can't fight these kids Stingray like step aside dude that was great <laughs> time for Stingray to take the trash out you know what and in that moment 
I'm proud to say, Stingray, dude, you became a warrior yeah. in that moment. You now can stand proud and noble. Obviously, at the very end, he confesses that, um, you know, to the authorities that was not Crease, um, which kind of makes you, and, and we'll probably get into this in, in the theories for season six. And obviously, Crease is in trouble now for escaping prison if he'd have just held out a little bit longer. Yeah. He would have been freed anyway. So yeah. it's like, but anyway, but yeah, definitely my honorable mention is Mr. Stingray. When dude shows up, stuff happens. And uh he he man, that's all I got. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sensei Parker, what is your honorable mention? My honorable mention was the fight between Trozen and Silver. Um Ooh. that was just an epic showdown, and Chosen had him. You know, like, I mean, it, if Silver wasn't, if Silver, you know, didn't have, if Silver had more honor, he would have been defeated in that moment, you know, and he lost twice that night. So it was, it was nice, you know, like, it sucked seeing, you know, because I mean, obviously we knew that Chosen wasn't going to be the one to eventually bring him down, but it was, it was nice seeing Chosen not die, but I was kind of afraid that we were going to lose our boy Chosen for a minute. Um, but that just that showdown, man. Yeah, epic. That was pretty epic. I, you know, this reminds me question. of Kill Bill for some reason. Oh, that poses the question: Is Chosen the best fighter in the Cobra Kai world? You can make the argument for sure. I think I think we're showing that Daniel is. Well, yeah. I mean, you could, I, I'm just thinking back to some of their sparring sessions, and Chosen often gets the best of Daniel. True, but they're also sparring. Yeah. Um, like I, I mean, there's things that Chosen knows that Daniel doesn't. But I think, I think when Daniel thinks about things and doesn't use emotion, and he uses his brain more than he uses his emotions, he's better. And we see that in the fight, which I mean is it's not part of my honorable mention, but the you know the last fight with him and Chosen, Chosen, he, I mean, Chosen, he he kicked his ass through defense. Yeah, like, you know, like just learning his opponent like this chosen kick his ass a couple times like yeah but if it came down to a death match would daniel's instincts kick in and everything that he's learned about chosen all of a sudden be way more valuable than a sparring match absolutely yeah. you know and i think that's i think you know as much as like i i hate the whole like who's better than who and who's the best or like the one person, the the main, you know, the main hero always being the best, like is not really like something that I'm a big fan of. But in this case, it's absolutely like I will absolutely say that Daniel would be the the best fighter. I mean, in any given situation, maybe chosen, probably, but I don't know. It's a, it's a really hard hard to say. It's really hard to say because I mean, Daniel's also defeated chosen when it yeah. came down to death so i mean it's a hard it's a hard decision to, it's hard to say like who's the best yeah. in the world i mean just like in within the teens you know like there's definitely there's definitely a case for like the top three male fighters the top three female fighters but it's like how do you pick which one's really the best at the end of the day same with johnny chosen and daniel like it's really hard to say which one is really the best because on any given day, one of them could beat the other one. Yeah. 
That was a solid honorable mention choice there. Thank you, thank you. Who is your dude or... Well, I guess I'll go ahead and just say mine. Um, well, I will tell you... You, you if, basically if, covered mine. If if you pick mine, I'm still sticking with mine because I'm not picking a backup. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think so because you're, it was your honorable mention, but my dude of the week was Stingray. Stingray! I won't go into it too much more, but basically all of the things that you mentioned, the only thing that... I will say is for anybody that is either of under the age of driving age or just of low intelligence in general, driving with sunglasses at night is not a good idea. <laughs> it's you're going to it's it's dangerous. And it, I don't care if you are a stingray. Sensei Parker tells you don't wear sunglasses at night in this dojo. But the 80s song. Oh. I wear my I know, sunglasses uh, at night. <laughs> Plus, he just that? didn't didn't sting. Didn't he say that Stingray see better at night? Or yeah. Well, then there you go. He's a Stingray. He's well. That's what I'm saying. I don't care if you're a Stingray and you think you see better at yeah. night. I don't. I've, I was just thinking about that. Like on the third watch, I was watching it, and when he did that, I was like, "How?" Like, I mean, like obviously, like it wouldn't be funny, but. Watching it the third time, knowing that everybody was okay and it didn't happen, I was like, how funny would it be like if he put on the sunglasses and then that scene when they're like driving down the road, he just doesn't make the turn and just goes straight <laughs> off. Just straight off and doesn't mean to make the turn. Welcome. <laughs> you just see the headlights dip down like in Fargo. Welcome to the dark, sick world of Parker's brain. <laughs> it's crazy in here. You do not want any, I promise. Yeah. It's pretty twisted. Uh, but yeah, and, that's my dad of the week or dude of the week. And and by the way, the the whole thing where I sang for a little bit definitely just you, you can edit that out. I'm, I'm not sure if the world's I'm not sure if the world's ready for that. Oh, they're ready. They're ready. <laughs> definitely, my wife's not ready to be here. Be sing to the world. My dude of the week. But I have to leave your socials out of this episode, so you don't have okay. ladies beating down your door. Oh yeah, Amanda, stay back, back off, Amanda. My gosh. <laughs> Uh, so my dude of the week, he's, he's pretty important. We've talked about him a few times in this podcast, maybe brought up some in the past. It's Daniel LaRusso people. Nice. And I'm telling you that last fight, I love how, okay. I'll give Amanda a little bit more love. I haven't talked about her much, but she gives him one more piece of encouragement. Careful though. Careful. We are with you, Daniel. Do what you have to do. Yeah. Like, enough of this Mr. Nice Guy. Summon whatever you need to summon to take care of this. Let's do this. She's like, if I have to see my husband murder somebody tonight, I'm okay with it. I'm okay yes. with it. <laughs> That's we'll literally it. what I saw in her face. She's like, you know, it's it's, it's nothing a strong drink won't fix later. It's, right. it's, all, it's all good. But I love the fact... And, you know, you even mentioned this. Um, yeah, if you compare Daniel's fight, um, you, you could easily argue that, hey, maybe Daniel's the best fighter out of all these people. Dude, he was flawless. He he summons the old teachings of silver to yeah. use against him. And, and really the vibe you've gotten through the entire Karate Kid Cobra Kai story, Daniel's typically outmatched in his fights. He's usually the smarter fighter, mm-hmm. but you could argue maybe he's not the better of the fighters. Johnny, probably a better fighter in Karate Kid 1. Chosen, probably the 
the better fighter in Karate Kid Two. Well, see you. See your your terminal your uh, definition of better is different. Well, okay, than mine. I would say stronger fighters. Yeah, yes. Because the other the, the flip side I was going to add is that Daniel's smarter, and you know, like some of the villains they you know, typical eighties villain they're dumb. They don't. It, it's all about brute force, and right. and and Daniel has more finesse. He's he's a little bit smarter, so he's always used that to his advantage. So yeah, maybe better is the wrong word. Stronger. Um, stronger and smarter. I would say those are those are apt apt. Uh, I mean, he's definitions. He's, got, he's gotten his butt kicked in several of those fights. And matter of fact, even Karate Kid Three. I mean, the dude kept scoring points and doing doing something illegal to get the point taken away. So you know, sometimes they're just toying with Daniel just to inflict damage. Yeah. And and again, Daniel's a smarter fighter, but in this one. He dominates. I mean, he's flawless. And when it mattered the most, when literally Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do are on the line, not just locally now, because we've learned this is going global, mm-hmm. with all the students watching, everybody's, <laughs> I mean, when it mattered most, he dominates Silver. And what better way to end it than what, Parker? What, what did he use at the very end? The oh, he's a crane kick. The crane kick. Are you kidding me? I lost my mind when that happened. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I, of course, you, you figure it's Daniel and Silver and, and probably one last fight. That's not the way I pictured it going down. But I love that's the way it went down. I mean, he mm-hmm. he he dominated Silver. And you got to figure he's probably still a little bit intoxicated still. Not, not oh, no. a, even at his best game. And dude was flawless for the first fight in this entire movie show series daniel dominated he looked like the stronger fighter the smarter fighter everything all right i'm gonna i'm gonna point this out just because i don't know if you really noticed it um but i mean you kind of referenced it with him you, you know using what silver told him but did you notice that that was what was able to let him win the fight was the lesson that he's been learning this entire season, this entire show, is that sometimes you have to use different styles. And he's basically using someone who he perceives as the most evil person that he's ever met, something that he taught him. He's using that in the moment to win, and it works. And so, I mean, like, they didn't, I don't think they specifically pointed that lesson out to us, but just that whole lesson that he's had to learn over this whole show just came to fruition in that moment. And then they just kind of breeze past it a little bit. They didn't really point it out, you know, like nobody made a see dad, this is what you have to do sometimes, you know, kind of the lesson, but it's very much there. Like he's, he's been all about Mr. Miyagi's teachings. And in the moment that he had to win, he had to pull out, what silver what he learned from silver and that you know obviously he won with the crane kick but as far as like his hit like that's a move that he learned from mr miyagi but as far as his tactic going into the fight was what he learned from silver on how to defeat somebody yeah so i mean like just that whole like i've said before the yin and yang of it you know the balance of is is too much knowledge it's not enough it's not the knowledge that's that's bad it's the intent behind it you know 
And I think that's what Daniel's had to learn this whole time. Yeah, and we saw it play out a good bit in season four as far as the styles, especially mm-hmm. through Sam's character. But you also see Daniel learn a lot from that. And, and it's cool how you know they use the flashbacks a lot uh, to the Karate Kid movies, especially his scenes with Mr. Miyagi when when Daniel's teaching a certain principle, such as fighting styles, he then flashes back and remembers Mr. Miyagi telling him, you know, Daniel, son, you have to make it your own, you know? So he, he, he ends up remembering, Oh, okay. And then he starts to put some of the pieces together. Uh, so yeah, it's really cool how all that was brought together. Very fitting. Like you said, how he used silvers, you know, what is it they say, you know, that the student surpasses the teacher. Mm-hmm. And we saw that happen because he, he used his teachers, you know, very own teachings against him to, I mean, just dominate him. And then you see all the Cobra Kai students kind of take off their gear and throw it on silver while mm-hmm. he's, he's laying on the ground. So I just, uh, and, and to me, when we see Daniel dominate here at the very end, it also kind of took me back to Johnny. And you had mentioned that when he saw that ultrasound, it and he even tells Carmen later, he's like, Wow, when when my family love, I'll use the big L word, yeah, came to the forefront, it took me to another gear I didn't know I had. And I think for the first time, we're seeing the major difference between the original Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do, whereas Cobra Kai is built on anger, revenge, bitterness, resentment. And while that can feed into a lot of areas of your life and make you strong ultimately it's love and when you find something to fight for mm-hmm. it's really going to take you to levels that can't be surpassed and yeah I, I love the message i love the way it played out it was great yeah yeah i love that scene with, with johnny all right so we're going to do something a little different here uh, since we are caught up with Cobra Kai, we are going to give a rundown of our top five characters of the show so far. You know, we're going to go, you know, rank them from number five, not necessarily our least favorite, but number five being the lowest to number one being our favorite character of the show. And Jeff, I can't wait to hear yours. Let's go. What, what's your, what's your uh, top five favorite characters? All right, I'm going to preface this with how difficult this was because, I mean, there's probably 20 different characters you could legitimately pick from. So I also try to take into consideration how much of the five seasons they've been in. Yeah. So, for example, while I love the character Devin, I couldn't place her in my top five just because she she's not had enough, I guess, appearance or, or presence. So... Having said all that, number five for me is Tori. We've talked about Tori so much. I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. Just her. And and she's one that didn't start. So I think that speaks a lot to her that she wasn't one of the original season one characters. But, you know, she did come in in season two, but made Mm -hmm. an immediate impact. And just everything about her character, just what she brought to the show as an actress and just the, the different elements she had to handle. Uh, you could make a case she, she should be higher than five, but there's some steep competition. So I, I think the fact that I put her at five speaks volumes to her. What about you? What's your number five? No, you just go ahead and you just go ahead and roll through all yours. Okay, you just want me to go five through one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just go through all yours. All right. 
it gets tougher as we go down the list. So my number four, I, I felt like originally I don't think I had my top five. I was like, well, I got to put him in there. He's uh, Miguel. I got Miguel number four. All right. Uh, is he's been great since the beginning. Um, and 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 like any good character, there has to be times you hate him, which we did. But I gotta go with Miguel number four. Number three, I, I'm going with Hawk Eli. Whatever you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about him a lot. I just I love the progression of his character. Uh, and then you know, probably even more so than Miguel, you have a stretch where you really really hate him, which makes his return. And and just seeing him reunite with Dimitri, his best friend, uh, was just one of my more favorite scenes in the entire season. So number three, I go with Hawk. Number two, man, it's getting tougher. I'm going to cheat a little bit here, and I'm actually going to use two. I'm going with Crease slash Silver because uh, a good show is only going to be as good as its villains, and they were masterful. We talked about it before as far as the writers you can't even do this show if Crease isn't involved. You could have, but no, it's it's all about Crease. And then we see Silver come into the picture, and oh my gosh, he takes evilness to another level. So the classic villains that, man, they, they just keep you engaged, that you love to hate them. And that leads me to my number one. I imagine out of 100 people making a top five list, probably 60% have this guy at number one. It's Johnny. I mean, from season one, it, the focus was on him. I mean, we've talked about it. He's, he's been one of the complete packages as far as the humor, some of the most touching scenes in the entire series he's been involved in. Just the way his, he is, his growth, maturity, everything about it. Number one is Johnny. I had to leave a lot of good characters out, but there was only room for five. Yeah, so. I mean, that's that's a great list. And I mean... I'm gonna say mine here in a second. We have we have some crossovers, uh, but man, like you said, it was it was super hard to just pick five. So um, if my wife is listening, take note. I did not put Amanda in my top five. <laughs> She's probably number six though, but <laughs> <laughs> she she would definitely make the top ten. Oh so yeah, top, top ten, five. easy. <laughs> just gotta gotta keep her on her good side right now. All right, I'm uh, anxious to hear yours. All right, so I did mine just um, – I did mine a little different. I didn't my, do mine, you know, necessarily. I mean, the impact on the show definitely played a part in my rankings. Uh, but I also did take, take – I took into the account, like, how much I enjoyed seeing the character, uh, watching either, you know, watching their arc progress or just enjoyed their character the whole time they were on – just pretty much anytime they were on TV, I enjoyed them. Um, which, you know, number five, if he would have been there longer and we would have seen more of him, I probably would have had him higher, but he didn't. So I had to put number five chosen. I mean, he was a character that I didn't expect to play a big part in the show, but the entire time he was there and every scene that he was like in, even though he's silly in some of it, he elevated every every scene that he was in and just did a great job of just bringing more to the show, like more that I didn't even think I needed and loved him. Uh, loved him. The more I saw him, the more I loved him. So I'm really hoping that we see more of him in season six, even though he's injured. But, he, you know, he's walking around, so he's okay. 
what, what was it? He, he told Daniel it was just a flesh wound. Just and Daniel's flesh like, wound. yeah, like all your flesh, like all your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's tough. He's gonna be okay. Yeah, I, I really thought he was gonna die, especially after he made that phone call. Um, oh, I was yeah. thinking about that. I was like, God, everybody that finally confesses love is gonna die. Um, so I'm glad he survived. Uh, I'm glad they didn't take it there yet. I'm not ready for it. My number four is somebody that you had. Uh, he's, I, I love his story arc, and I probably would have put him a little bit higher if he would have had a little bit more impact on the show this season. But I understand why he didn't, which is why I put him at number four, which is Eli slash Hawk. Loved his story arc. You know, he was a bit of an ass sometimes, but who isn't? He was just a little bit more than most, but I'm glad to see like where he's come back. And I like how they've been able to incorporate his personality from before while also, you know, he still has the tendencies to revert back to being, you know, a jerk, but he still is, you know, keeping his heart and his, you know, he's still wanting to do good. So love that character. Um, My number three is Tori, like you said, she hasn't been in it very long, but the moment that she that she entered the show, she has made an impact. She's gotten better as the show goes on. She's gotten more important as the show goes on. She's gotten her development as a character's gotten better. I think um I can't even think of her name, but the actress that plays her has gotten even better at playing her. It's just been a great character a great addition to the story love it love tori the character all around and we've talked about this before it anytime you see a character like that come in and in in one of the later seasons but then plays a pivotal role it kind of makes you wonder was that the writer's intent from the very beginning or did they make just such a huge impact that the writer's kind of had a change course because you do see that i mean sometimes you know we've, we've seen five seasons and i'm sure a lot of it the writers had planned out from the beginning but i'm sure there's some things they made some tweaks here and there just because of the feedback or the chemistry you get with certain characters or certain storylines i'm yeah. curious was was that their plan for tori all along or did they but she made such an impact they're like all right, we're going to tweak some things here and we we got to really elevate her here. I would imagine that they probably have the main Cobra Kai Miyagi-Do of it all planned out from start to finish and what they want to happen, you know, from beginning to end and how they want that to go. But as far as like the kids involved and how all that plays out, they probably play that season to season and like how much some of the personal life stuff happens. That's probably a little bit more on the fly, I would imagine. Yeah. My number two is probably no surprise. Stephanie, I don't have to um <laughs> I don't have to I don't have to uh worry about how Jeff's wife thinks of me. So my number two is going to be Amanda. Even though she doesn't necessarily play an important part of like as far as the going ons of you know the things that happen in the show. As far as in the world that we see, it feels like she's the only one that lives in our world. Um, yeah. Her and I would say maybe maybe Daniel's cousin, 
those are like the only two people that feel like they live in our world. Um, and Amanda, she's just a great character. Like we, I mean, I'm not going to go into it because we have so much on this on this show. So I won't spend much more time or breath talking about how great of a character all around she is. But every time she's on the screen, I love it. Like I could just watch the Amanda show, not that Amanda show, but you know, <laughs> the Amanda LaRusa show. Um, but yeah, love Amanda. Love her. She's my, my favorite female character on probably just about any show I've, I've seen, like just all around enjoy her every second of it. Um, that, that's what I was trying to explain to my wife. It's like, it's the character. Yeah. I was like, now the actress in real life, she, I mean, she might be, you know, a horrible person for all yeah. you know. So I was like, I have no, no, I was, I was like, it's, it's, it's really the character. I said, and, be, and of course, you know, she hasn't watched the show. So I was like, I said, I feel like you would have really appreciated her character as well. I was like, she's um, physically attractive, but it's definitely more than that. She is just a, just a fierce queen, but you know, it might be 60%. And if we pulled the entire viewer audience, but in this podcast, it is 100%. My number one is Johnny. Um, like you said, all of the reasons, man, he's where the show, the reason the show started. He's the reason even the bad stuff started. It all started with him, you know, and he's just come so far. He's found a way for us to be there for him, even when he's being an ass it's just it's been great man and he's he's come so far he's done so well love him best the best character in the show yeah you can't go wrong with that all right so jeff and listeners now we are going to spend some time talking about season six and theories on cobra kai and where we think it's headed jeff do you have any crazy theories like specifically that you want to talk about or do you want to like just generalize. I will give a little warning to our listeners. There might be plenty of time to be thinking of theories for season six. <laughs> uh, everything I've been reading is season six could take a while. Uh, the the writers for Cobra Kai have been on other projects. Season six really hasn't officially been green lighted, but I think it's safe to say it's it's going to happen. But everything I'm reading is, you know, before season season five actually dropped early. Typically, it was, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, so this one actually came a few months earlier, but they're saying, you know, it easily could be spring or summer of, I guess, 2024. Uh, so we, we could be looking at a year and a half or so instead of the normal year or less. So but anyway, I, one of my main things I'm going to throw out there is obviously we know Crease escaped. And I kind of joke that, Man, if he'd have just held out a little bit longer, <laughs> he'd have been let out anyway. Uh, with, right. So a couple of things with that. Is he not really punished for breaking out since he's going to be found innocent anyway? But my main theory is I believe he most definitely teams up with Kim Dayan. Oh, yeah. And because I noticed a couple of East, I'll call them Easter eggs. When she first meets Terry, she is obviously disappointed to hear that John Kreese isn't a team, no longer part of the team. And one of the flashbacks, when she's a little girl, 
I don't know if you picked up on this. Yeah. And increase in silver are fighting. Crease is the one that obviously has some kind of I don't know what you want to call it, not a relationship, but he looks back and he's the one that kind of winks at her. Well, he 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 um well she was spying on them and he noticed and yeah. she knocked over a of was it a vase or something like that? And he was like he took credit for it or whatever. Yeah. So that he wouldn't get her so that she wouldn't get in trouble. So I don't think he was being like like even like flirty, I would guess. No, and that's why I was trying vibes. to say I, I wasn't trying to, yeah, assume like there was a relationship there. I'm just saying there there was a connection there. Yeah. Uh that they purposely didn't portray Silver having one. Yeah. So and, and with her being disappointed to hear about John Crease, well, she's not in trouble. Silver's the one that got arrested. She technically hadn't done anything wrong. So I feel for sure now that Crease is, is out and into the world, I, I seriously doubt he's doing a redemption tour. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be more of a revenge tour. And so I think they work together in, in, in some capacity. So that, that's my first theory. I think you're there. absolutely right. I mean, I think that's, and I mean, that's a, I would say that's a pretty safe theory. Uh, which I mean, we could totally be wrong. We've just totally guessed on some crazy ones and gotten them right, you know, on this episode. So, you know, we could totally be wrong because that's definitely a theory that I have. I mean, I just kind of expect that to happen. But I mean, I, I kind of picture a scene, you know, like where we see Kim Dae-yoon trying to escape, you know, like before, because I think she, there's a chance she could get in trouble. You know, she was very much there. And then, like, even though he's getting arrested for, for, you know, that stuff right now, he also, you know, there's videos of him endangering children, you know, the bribing stuff. Like, all of these things are things that, you know, Kim Dae-in can be tied to. All of this, you know, happened while she was there. So these are things that she could still be, you know, charged with. So she, you know, if she gets incriminated, if he incriminates her or somebody else incriminates her, she's in trouble. So I could see her trying to like leave the country before on her private jet before anything happens. And I see, you know, a scene where like Crease runs up and catches up to her and like he flies out and he becomes like somehow, you know, responsible for bringing in some of the kids that were in Cobra Kai. That were in Cobra Kai, and he brings some of them back for the tournament because Cobra Kai still has a spot in the tournament. And what, you know, how are they going to, I mean, like I know this, that, you know, like Cobra Kai is not the good part, but it'd be, it would be kind of weird to have a show about called Cobra Kai without a Cobra Kai in it. So I think it's, you know, Kim Dae-yoon still wants to, you know, teach her, her, you know, her family's training. And that's still important to her. And now Crease, you know, knows that they already have that groundwork laid. He's going to take advantage of it. So I could see something happening where, you know, like I said, maybe he flies to Japan back to Japan with her and they hatch a scheme somehow to like get the kids over there. 
who knows? I don't know, but I do know that they're definitely going to hook up and I well, not like hook up, but yeah, you know, I definitely think that they're going to like reconnect and, you know, they're going to strike with at the tournament, like, because the tournament is still a thing. So it makes you wonder if it'll play out a lot like when Cobra Kai was banished from the All Valley tournament. Yeah. And and Johnny pleaded his case. And 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 the way that was approached was well, that was Crease's Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. So they allowed Johnny's Cobra Kai in. So I wonder if as far as the Sakai Taikai, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um it could be presented a well that was silver yeah and and he's out of the picture now that's not cobra kai cobra kai is now john crease and uh kim dayun so like you said i have a hard time believing i I assume this tournament's still going to happen it i I feel like that's got to be one of the major plays in season six um obviously miyagi-do Eagle Fang, we're not sure what their team name is is, is going to be yet. They're obviously in it, and I, I you'd have to think Cobra Kai in some way is going to be in it. So, yes, it also makes me wonder, is there any kind of time jump with season six? Typically, it's picked right up where the previous season left off, so there's not really much time that's gone by. But I guess one of the things I'm really thinking about is – Carmen's pregnancy. That's not something you add to the storyline if you don't see it through. Now, maybe they've already got season seven in mind because how much time does each season usually take? It's, I mean, in like a, in real world, is it's like I think, only maybe a month or two? I mean, yeah, I don't even think a season's last, last a full month. I think even. I can't remember if it was in this season or in season four. I want to say it was in this season that they referenced a few months. Like, I think it was Robbie, maybe? Referenced, like, a few months ago, I was being trained by Mr. LaRusso or working for him or something. Like, something that Mm -hmm. happened in the first season. And I was like, a few months through this whole show? So, (laughs) I mean... I guess that's why it makes me wonder because Carmen is not far enough along in her pregnancy to where just the two, three months passing, she's just still going to be a few months away from giving birth Uh, again. So maybe that's something, maybe they've already got season seven in mind. I just feel like the show can't end without her giving birth because one I really want to see what they would do with with Johnny in that role. There's a lot of comedy that could take place there. A ton of comedy, if I'm being honest, which I would love to see and I really want to see. And a lot of touching moments that could really play out in that. I'm just, how does that happen in season six without there being a time jump? Or is that not something that's really a focal point in season six? And maybe they're already hoping that's something we can deal with in season seven. Yeah. So not so much a theory as it is just a big question that I'm not sure. Do they continue on with the same format where it picks right up or do they take, you know, let's say they, they just say a few months later, which I think they could get by with, with the way season five ended. 
I mean, everything kind of got wrapped up pretty good. I don't think they ever said when the tournament is. So, I mean, the tournament could still be, especially if they're just now looking for dojos that can qualify. You know, the tournament could still be a few months away. And, of course, they'll know that Kreese escaped. So maybe he's just in hiding. Yeah. And he makes his grand appearance, you know, a few months down the road. So I'm interested to see how they deal with that. So I'm I'm thinking um, I have another theory, uh, and this one's one that I've just kind of pieced together, but it's 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 a little bit less of a possibility, but I still consider it quite possible that I think that silver quite possibly has some kind of terminal illness. Um, and that's why he's so con- intent on spreading his legacy. Because I was wondering, and they even kind of, you know, mentioned it a little bit, but more of as like a, of like a throwaway line a little bit. But Silver was in the hospital and mm. he got in the elevator. And I mean, he could have been surveilling him, but what what are the chances that he would be at the hospital and why would he be at the hospital? And then I got to thinking, remember back when Silver was introduced and he was still with his girlfriend or wife or whatever, and she, somebody, I can't remember if it was her or the butler or somebody mentioned something about, do you need to take your medication? Are you feeling all right? And I mean, we haven't really seen him worry too much about, you know, like his health or anything like that. So maybe that's why he's so desperate to do this and take it over now. You know, like it's always been something that has been important to him. But, you know, when Chris reached out to him, maybe something was like, you know, like maybe that's why he was so happy because he was just like, I'm just content with going out peacefully and then that's what crease stirred up in him you know and maybe now we see silver go after crease for trying to steal his legacy you know and get revenge there maybe we see some kind of battle between them to where you know like it's not even one of our quote-unquote good guys that have to kill them maybe they take each other out you know and yeah that's uh yeah i I didn't i know exactly like the scenes you're talking about but i I guess that i never put two and two together but yeah that's a that's a great theory that that would make a lot of sense and would definitely be an interesting story arc uh but obviously we it's like the opposite of going into season five when we're like, mm-hmm. so how are they going to deal with Crease being in prison? And now we got Silver. But it's a little different because Silver has a lot of money, a lot of power, mm-hmm. a, lot of a lot more resources. So h- how does that play out? Or, or are the writers intentionally wanting to turn the focus to Crease since that's kind of where it started? Yeah. Um, which is also a possibility. And like you said, the whole terminal illness would make sense maybe that's how they officially say we're moving away from silver 
we did kill off a character so kudos to us yeah <laughs> and now the attention is on crease that that would definitely be a way they, they could do that yeah maybe like while he's in prison his health deteriorates rapidly yeah who knows um do you have a do you have another theory this one's a small one um yeah. i don't know if it's so much a theory as it is probably just everybody was like well, well yeah and, it, and it's not a big part of the story but I mean, obviously, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Chosen's love interest. Mm-hmm. For sure, I, I, he's got to go to Okinawa now, right? And then, you know, kind of start that relationship up. I, I can't see it being a big part of the storyline, but, uh, or maybe him doing the phone call was all. Maybe they we'll, to, maybe we'll see them again it. together whenever they go to the, the Sakai Takai. Yeah. Maybe they'll spend um, some time together there. Because, I mean, surely, with as big as you've and chosen, and I got to imagine he's, you know, he was your, where did he, oh, he was, he was in, in your top number five, five. Yeah, he was number five. I can't imagine he's not as, as popular with us as he is with the, with, with the rest of the, the viewers. So, surely, he's still used as a major player mm-hmm. in season six. I think even if he does go back to Okinawa, and maybe they show some stuff. Uh, with is it Kukumo or I don't even know how you say your name, but um, I still got to figure, like you said, he either goes to that tournament or returns to the All Valley, or uh, I, I can't imagine he goes back to Okinawa and we don't see him much in season six. Yeah. Um. So I have a little bit of a crazy theory. Um, Let's hear it. And it's just kind of, kind of something fun that I was thinking about. Uh. So. I've been wanting to see the next Karate Kids, you know, the student from the next Karate Kid, Julie. We've talked about this before. How fun, or not really fun, but how interesting would it be if we find out that it's Tori's mom and she's just had a life kind of, you know, like Johnny's where she just went down a bad path afterwards. And so now she's just been struggling and she finds her way back through with karate. And I don't know. That's just, that's, I don't think it's going to happen. That's my, like, that's my shot in the dark theory. I don't think, I just think that's going to be funny because I was trying to think, I'm like, well, where would Julie play in it? And then I'm like, we haven't seen Tori's mom. Yeah, that's. I've, and, I've, that's another good one. Though, and Tori just knows how to fight already. Yeah, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. (laughs) That's another really good one. Um, you know, we talked about Hillary Swank, and and like surely they can find a way to enter her into this series. And of course, I mean, the writers can want it all they want, (laughs) but it's still up to Hillary Swank if you know she wants to do it. But and we hadn't brought this up yet they recently announced that there's going to be a new karate kid movie and by Sony, which also owns Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. And there's been speculation that maybe the movie features Hillary Swank. Hmm. Um, Now, of course that's just speculation. That's not on anything, any source or, um, but the writer writers or one of the writers of Cobra Kai acknowledged the news of a new karate kid movie, but also stated it didn't involve them or it wasn't focused 
on the cast of Cobra Kai. So, which kind of made me think, well, since they haven't used Hillary Swink, well, and Sony also mentioned that it was, uh, I forgot how they worded it, but they basically said something to the fact that it's going back to the original Karate Kid franchise. Yeah. So, like, how do you do that with, with everything Cobra Kai has done and go back to the original but not use the characters or the actors that have already been featured in Cobra Kai? Right. And Hillary, Hillary Swank would make sense. She's not been yeah. used... She's not part of the cast of Cobra Kai. Uh, she's one of the, you know, one of the characters that is, is part of the original Karate Kid franchise. So, but yeah, your theory, while it's out there, it would actually make a lot of sense. It would be really cool. Uh, but if they do that, I would kind of want her character to get better. Yeah. So she could play a bigger role. Yeah. And I mean, that's honestly why I kind of just, think it's just not going to happen because they would have to put so much in put so much story into that character that i don't think it would just make it would really make sense unless unless they just didn't have another story to tell this next season which i don't think is the case i mean they have plenty of story to, to tell without having to bring in that whole story arc so i don't think it's going to happen but yeah it's pretty heavy fun. i think it'd be fun Hey, Allie's a doctor. Maybe they bring Allie back to help. Yeah. <laughs> Tori's mom, you know, get healed or, you know, suddenly get better. So, yeah. but all right. So the next one I'm going to throw out is one. It's a theory I've been building for a few seasons now. And to Parker's dismay and disgust, I'm still thinking Anthony, man. I am. Now, I did say, Season five, I did say it may not happen in season five. We did see him get a little bit elevated. You know, he he had the thing with Chosen's training where he came up with the idea for them to work together and protect the egg. So he, he stepped up in that scenario. And at the very end, he's the one holding the tablet, mm -hmm. protecting the, you know, the egg there. Uh, so he is elevated, but that's not what I had in mind, I guess, when I said... <laughs> So if if that's what the writers come up with, and I will say I was wrong because I, I I'm when I say I see him playing a much more bigger role, or I still go back to that quote that Daniel gave him from Mr. Miyagi, and I feel like that's got to play a major. If that's what they had in mind, then I'll accept defeat. I was wrong, but my theory is still definitely season six. Anthony's going to progress because you, if you think about it, he's getting training or has got training from. Johnny, Chosen, Daniel. We know Robbie's poured a lot into him. They don't show a lot of si a lot of scenes, but you do see like in little snippets here and there. Robbie's working with them or showing them something. Yeah, he's also got Miguel, Eli. I mean, he's got all the best fighters really pouring into him. So, and Kenny's still his main rival, and we've obviously saw Kenny jump up big time as the top fighter for Cobra Kai. And, and of course that's one of the other theories is, or maybe questions is where does Kenny go from here? Because uh, he obviously didn't like how things played out with silver and threw his Cobra Kai uniform on top of him. Does he officially leave or does crease bring him back into the fold? Uh, but yeah, my theory is it's still 
there's still a lot left with Anthony that I think we're going to see play out. And I'm, I'm still thinking he, he, he could be the, the main savior in some way. <laughs> I know you won't like that because he is a little punk, but I mean, that's, that's all you, I, I think he served his purpose. And I think that that line, I think, I think you've sewn that line on. I think you've cross-stitched that line onto a pillow. And I think you curl up to that pillow every night with what he, with what Mr. Miyagi said about Anthony. I think it was just, I think Daniel in the moment was probably just telling him that to make him feel like he wasn't accepted into the karate, you know, lifestyle. And then he did have a place there. Um, All right, Parker. So uh, let's do a bet right here now. And I I don't know how it's going to come from your side, but from, from my angle, I feel like if I end up being right about Anthony, then I get to buy you a shirt that says something like, I love Anthony LaRusso, something (laughs) like that. And you have to wear it posted on our Facebook page or something like that. But if I'm wrong, you need to think of something that, I would have to do a return. You don't have to think of it right now, but I'm thinking that that would be a neat little bet. Heck, it's probably going to take a year and a half, two years before we we know how it plays out. But and I will say it will be season six. If there's more, uh, if it if it goes, I think past you'll have season, to. I think you'll have to wear. You should have to wear a blue mohawk for a week. That's good, and I would be willing to do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, well. I can't, I won't be allowed to go into work that way. <laughs> that way so. <laughs> so I I will do it for days, which we can definitely find a, a time period where I don't have to be in the office for an extended period of time. So yeah, I I, I would hold up my end on that. So <laughs> uh, deal. So uh, uh, I'm out of theories. Uh, that's pretty much all I really have. You know, I'm thinking... I'm thinking I'm all theoried out as well. I mean, I mean, there's obviously a lot of questions. Yeah, there's but... tons of questions, but as far as like things that I expect to happen or that I want to happen, that's pretty much as far as I uh, I am. I, I will say this: when you mentioned the Hillary Swank idea and being Tori's mom, one of the very early ther- theories from season one was that Miguel's dad was going to end up being Terry Silver. Oh, yeah. That would have been insane. I remember hearing that, like, really early on. Um, But then once they, you know, revealed Ecuador and all that kind of stuff, Mexico, that that kind of shot that theory down. Yeah. but It could have been Crease. I mean, obviously, this is retrospective, but it could have been Crease because Crease was, you know, missing the whole time. He could have been living down in Mexico or wherever. But so yeah, fun stuff. So any, right. any any final thoughts before? Um, no, oh. as much as I've loved talking about Cobra Kai, uh, I'm sad about they were moving away from our flagship focus. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. They'll always have a special place in our hearts for sure, for many reasons. Yeah, but I'm I'm just as excited because we're moving into October, which is going to be our horror movie month and this boy loves some horror movies so i'm excited to get on here and talk about that um 
Jeff, what's going to be our first one? So Parker loves horror movies. I've got a love hate relationship. Loved it when I loved it when I was younger. I've kind of fallen out of love a little bit. So I'm actually hoping that maybe this might rekindle the spark. <laughs> maybe we can find you a good one. <laughs> spark, spark, spark. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, our first one uh, came from, uh, we got a number of recommendations from some of our listeners through our uh, Facebook page. And one of the main ones uh, suggested was Black Phone which uh, stream will stream on Peacock. So uh, that's going to be the first one that we're going to tackle. So excited about that. Ethan Hawke, great actor. So uh, anxious to see that movie. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen this one. So yeah, same here. So uh, yeah, that's going to be our first one heading into October as we kind of gear away from karate into some more scarier stuff. All right. Well, we will see y'all next. Well, I hope we don't. I mean, we might see some of y'all next week, but if we're seeing you as you hear this, this is going to be really weird because you're listening to our voice, but it's not coming from our face while we're looking at you. So <laughs> it's probably, you're probably having a really weird moment right now. If, if, <laughs> if this is the next time we see each other, uh, it's probably going to be really weird for both of us. Um, <laughs> So maybe not bring it up if it's not obvious. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> next time you hear us, we'll be talking about the black phone. Ready to talk about it. Thanks to my co-host, Jeff. And thanks so much to you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars and a review really do help these dudes out on the chart. If you have a thought or idea about what we're watching, please email us at streamingwith2dudes at gmail.com or request to join the Streaming with Two Dudes Facebook group. Links to our Patreon and other socials are in the show notes. Thanks again, and remember to brush up and down and not side to side.